PGA professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional and amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrannon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So here we are. We're into June. The PJ Tour tease it up this week. We're going to have live golf competitions being played. Been great seeing all the great rounds and and playbacks of everything. We had the match a couple of weeks ago and the Tenway driving relief before that. This teaser is getting us ready, so we're really going to see what the guys have been able to do getting back to it. But staying off the PGA Tour, because they haven't played yet, um, and talking about golf in Tennessee. So we're going to dive right into uh, actually a major for the Tennessee Club Pros. So this week uh, up at uh, Stonehenge in Crossville uh, was the Tennessee PGA State Senior State Open. Um, uh, had 80 players teed up in the field uh, in the regular senior division. Had 15 teed up in the field in the Super Senior so starting on the super senior side, again, we had 15 players teeing up. I want to congratulate Harry Hill from Chattanooga, Tennessee, shooting even par for two days, winning the senior overall as an amateur. Uh, followed in second place by Frank Dial. Third place was Gary Siddons. Fourth place, Tony Green. And fifth place, Randall Yoder. Again, 15 players teeing it up. Great plan. Way to get out there and represent, guys. So now we jump over to the regular senior championship. And day one, Bill Breen winning the tournament two times previously in 2012 or 2013-2016. Shoot 66. Right on his heels, Jared Melson, who's been on the show before, uh, 68, and then Gibby Gilbert coming in right behind at 69. Goes into the second day, Bill's able to hold everybody off shooting, even par, finishing six under. Um, Cliff Craigs comes off, shoots three under, ties with Gibby for two under for the tournament. Buzzfly comes in at even par, and Jared fell back to one over, finishing rounding out the top five. But this gave Bill his third senior state open championship congratulations to him on doing that uh gibby gilbert is also a three-time winner coming in there in that tie for a second so knocking on that door now switching over to the junior side the sneds tour since last week we've had events hosted at patriot hills percy warner windyke cheekwood dyersburg country club johnson city oak ridge tennessee grasslands Signal Mountain, Wee Course, Champions Run, Beverly Park, Chatta Valley, Country Hills, Lakewood, Stonebridge, and Blackthorn is finishing up the second of their two-day event tomorrow. You can check out all these events on snedstour.org, uh, and there's plenty more going on. So again, Sneds uh, does an amazing job sponsoring the tours. He was actually out at uh, Cheekwood this week. You can see him all over Instagram um, and, and Twitter talking about it and congratulating the kids there. And he just does so much with this tour, but the 
the brunt of the tournaments are played from when the kids get out of school starting June 1, and they try and finish up all their championships and everything by the end of July. So it is a steady, packed event. You can play multiple events a week if you choose, so you can get out there. But y'all, check out Support the Juniors, snedstour.org. So now going back to the Pro-Am series, this week Memphis was off, so you can check out their website off the Golf House Tennessee, TNPGA, click on the, click on the link, see when the next event's going to be. Knoxville was at, uh, we'll get, actually we'll get back to Knoxville because we've got a lot of excitement going on there. So Chattanooga played at Knob North, congratulations to Eric Hester winning, Kevin Ashley coming in second, uh, Tri-Cities at Clear, Clear, Clear Creek, can't say that clearly, huh? Uh, Dylan Jones uh, finishing first there. Middle Tennessee was at Stones River. Congratula congratulations to Kevin Snell shooting 73. Brian Cometh coming in second, and I limped into a third-place finish, but uh, enough about me. Let's talk about Knoxville. Dandridge Country Club. Now, as I look at the two scorecards, I'm actually going to give you the second-place finisher first. Casey, sorry to pick you on any of this one. Casey Flanagan goes out and shoots 61. His scorecard is 3-2-3-4-3-4-3-3-4-3-4-4-4-3-3-4-3-4. The boy never made a 5 all day. Great playing, but again, I said he was in second place. So now we're going to switch to what took what it took to get it done and win. Congratulations to Allie Knight. Uh, played at MTSU, six uh, championships while she was there in her four-year career. Um, has played on the Symmetra Tour. She has her own uh, teaching facility up there uh, in the Knoxville area. I'm going to read her scores off, and then I'll give you the final number. Her scorecard, 4-2, 4-4, 3-5, 2-3, 3-3, 4-4, 4-4, 4-4. Three, almost lost count on those. Four, three, 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 three. Do the math. I can't. It's a 58. Way to go, Allie. Uh, again, Casey, great plan. Sorry about your bad luck there, brother. But Allie getting it done. Um, to my knowledge, that is the sub first sub-60 round uh, in one of the Pro-Am series. Uh by a male or a female. Um, so again, great job on that. We'll do a little support for Allie here with that amazing score. You can check out her website, AllieNightGolf.com. She goes over her rates of instruction there in the Knoxville area. Again, playing at a high collegiate level and playing on the LPGA in the Symmetra Tours. Um, again, going over her bio just a little bit. Like I said, she led MTSU to six titles uh, in four careers, uh, first conference championship to win in school history, uh, and first NCAA regional appearance she guided them to. Uh, she has had one career win uh, at the 2015 Kansas City Shootout while she was in college. She was the Conference USA Golfer of the Week in 2015 and first team All-Conference USA. Uh, 2016, she turns uh, tour turns pro, um, plays in 19 events that year. 2017, she played in 16. Um, 18, she played in 14. And that's when she opened her academy um, and started teaching and giving back to the game she loved. So again, check her out 
AllieKnightGolf.com. So again, excited to be talking about golf in Tennessee, but now we're going to go to Instagram and to Twitter. Um, so Tommy asked a question about uh, Chris Woods, who I had on the show a couple weeks back, um, about how to get a hold of him and, and how to teach, and, and you know how Chris and I met and how we talked about the, you know golf is a ball and a stick game. Um, and again, that's Chris's philosophy. And so during this time where many of the golf courses were closed and shut down or limited play and stuff like that, uh, the Tennessee PGA here reached out to a lot of different coaches um, and asked them to come on Mondays, uh, which most club pros are off on Mondays. And they were able to sit in and, and get educational credits and, and learn from it. And it was it was a great thing that the, uh, the Tennessee section board was able to come up with. And I know... Paul Stanek and Adam Greeno and Kyle Bachman and Clayton Armada uh, from the uh, Tennessee PGA were all involved with it. Uh, along with the um, uh, is education chair, Joey Hickman, who's been on the show, again, a good friend of mine. Um, and so we got to listen to guys, um, Kevin Walker from Bell Mead and Ben Pelicani from West Haven, Chris from Golf Amplified, Jake, Reeds, um, Jake Reeves from Fox Den, um, Joe Hallett from Vanderbilt Legends, Virgil Herring from uh, Innsworth, um, Brad Reading from Target Golf Practice and Training. And so all these guys were able to come on and, and talk about education. Um, and again, that's not open to the public, but it's one of those things that, you know, Tommy, if you're looking for instructors in your area, um, just start going to the, the clubs. Just start talking to who's who's the guy in the area. Uh, I know being Middle Tennessee, Joe Hallett's kind of the standout name. Um, he works with Stacey Lewis on the LPJ Tour. Uh, another really good instructor, good friend of mine, um, Brian Lackey out the Golf Club of Tennessee. Uh, if you're in the Memphis area, the name that normally stands out the most is Rob Akins uh, out at Spring Creek Ranch. Uh, there's a lot of really good teachers in Memphis, but uh, Rob being with uh, – on the PJ Tour with those guys for so long, uh, working with David Toms uh, right out of college and, and up to this point where they still have great relationships and, and spend time with each other. Uh, Jake Reeves, uh, who had played on the PGA and web.com, buy.com, now Corn Ferry Tours, uh, for several years teaching up there at Fox Den. Uh, again, Chris, uh, my buddy there in uh, Kingsport. Uh, going down to the Chattanooga area, a uh, lot of really good instruction down there. Uh, Henrik Simonson uh, at the Honors Course, great instructor as well. So, again, those are just a few of my names for you, Tommy, depending where you're coming from. Um, and, and, again, you know, it's I grew up taking lessons from a guy in Memphis. I'm from small little town of West Tennessee. It was about an hour and a half, two hours. And it, would, it would be, you know, it was a trip. We would go in. But when you find that instructor that you get along with and you like the way they teach, it's worth the drive um, just to stay that connection. Um, and again, now, when I was doing this, there was no such thing as sending videos and stuff like that. And nowadays, the virtual lessons, and I know Ben talked really a lot about this in his, from West Haven uh, in his teleconference, but he's doing so much more now on the virtual side of it. Um, and we've even, the company I'm working with, we do a lot of the virtual style lessons, or we did a lot of the virtual style lessons to help people stay safe uh, now that we're able to get back into our uh, training centers and work one-on-one -on -one with our students. That's always the best solution, but every now and then you just need a little tune-up. Um, and with smartphones and, and 
iPods and cameras being so affordable and, and clarity so good, quick email, snapshot, text, um, you can really get some good information. But again, it, it goes back to it, Tommy, what I've always said, if you're looking for an instructor, the best thing to do is go sit down and have a coffee or a sweet tea with them and, and just kind of talk to them. Um, and they're busy, they really are. But they'll love the time of kind of interviewing you. Get to know you. You get to know them. Make sure it's a good mesh. Uh, I mean, uh, golf instruction is something that everybody needs uh, an instructor there to help with. We see everybody on the PJ Tour um, has somebody looking at their golf swing, whether they're officially paying them or if it's a buddy there that knows enough about it. Um, Tiger kind of being his own eyes, but he's got a buddy who's always looking at it and kind of keeping check. Uh, but those guys just need somebody to lean on um, and, and go back to it. And so one thing I've always prided myself is getting to know my students and, and being able to communicate and have fun with them, um, cut up, joke around, uh, like I was doing one of my playing lessons today. And, you know, it's, just, it, it's fun. We get out there, we play, or they play. I'm just there for uh, support, I'm videotaping some swings, breaking it down, do the voice analysis, and, and give them some drills to work on. But the playing lesson, if you're not having fun – with that person, why do you want to spend an hour with them working on their game? Why do you want to spend two, two and a half hours on the course working with them? So it's all about having fun and getting along. So like I said, Tommy, just kind of call up your local uh, country clubs, your local uh, municipal courses, your mom and pop country clubs, your nine holders, your driving ranges. Um, see who's teaching out there and just go out and have a drink with them. Um, and get to know them and see if their style's going to mesh with you. Uh, there's a lot of great instructors out there, but everything they ask people to do might not work for that individual. So again, just spend some time with it, Tommy. Uh, start making some phone calls, and you'll find you a really good PGA instructor closer than you realized. So Jeff comes up with a really good one, um, asking about does a hole-in-one during these times with pool noodles and upside down holes counts? And my answer is going to be yes, but I've never had one. So I'm, I'm begging that I can get one anytime. I know where we do our local playing lessons, um, there's a particular hole that has a large slope. And during this time, they've, they've kept the pin right at the base of the slope. So shots hit, roll up the hill, and kind of run back down. Um, and they're having almost one a week up there uh, where guys have hit the, the noodles. Now, when I did my playing lesson day, it's the first time. Uh, the noodles were gone, flags are back in, so we're actually seeing regular golf. We're seeing um, rakes back in the bunkers, so we're getting back to normal. Uh, again, with the PJ Tour kicking off later this week, kind of makes sense that we're along that path. But yeah, Jeff, I'm going to say it definitely counts. I mean, um, it, like when we were, it was a great drill when we were putting to the noodle because we didn't worry about speed. We actually, our students were hitting them harder to try and jam it into the noodle. It didn't matter if it hit and ricocheted four feet. We were counting it for the playing side. Um, not the best for speed control once this, this stops, but at least it helped them get that feeling of accelerating the putt through the hole. But uh, yeah, definitely I'm going to count it. So if you had one during this time, congratulations on home one. And next time you see me, buy me a Coke or a Pepsi and, and we'll, we'll celebrate it. So Will came up with a question about course management. And he, you know, Paul talked about me um, bringing up several times in the show and just wanted to get my insight and my outlook on it and what I thought you needed and, and to go where to go. So Will, I'm always happy to give my opinion. Um, 
I was like, most of the time I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I kind of, I kind of keep it simple and keep some things going for everybody to understand. So, looking at course management, it's all about minimizing the big miss or the the double cross or the the trouble area. So not so much aiming away from targets, but picking points that you can hit it at and your natural ball flight gives you the best chance of scoring. Um, now I had one of uh, not even a student, just a gentleman walk in my center the other day asking about uh, GPSs and rangefinders and stuff like that. And um, had a very nice conversation with him about it. And he was he was a GPS guy. He liked the GPS. It told him more information than all his buddy who had lasers. And, and I've always had mixed reviews on this one. Uh, early on, I was a GPS guy. Uh, buy your GPS, buy your subscription every year, download your courses. You had hazards, front, middle, back, and then most of the tournaments we're playing in, we have pin sheets. So once I know front, middle, back, I know how many steps the pin's on, I can figure out exactly how far I'm in the flag and go from there. Um, and all a GPS is a yardage book. That's really all it is. Um, and, and when the caddies have those yardage books on tour, you see how good those guys really are. Now, some of the things you saw in the driving relief, Tenemy driving relief, and in the match is these guys were doing more laser. They didn't have their caddies. They were solo. And, and you started to notice that they just did what most people do. They shoot the flag. That's a number. That's this club, and they hit it. And I can think of one particular par three uh, on Seminole for the TaylorMade. And everybody's ball landed a little deeper on the green only one held the green, the others rolled off to the fringe, and even one even rolled down into the bunker. Um, just because in that particular shot, the play wasn't trying to fly it all the way to the hole, the play would have been one less club for them and to bounce it up, and that's where their caddies really come to, to help with that. Now, for practices, going to the driving range, I'm a laser guy. I want to shoot my flags, know exactly how far they are, and they go. Um, and, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have both, that's awesome. Um, but there's no wrong answer. It's, it's completely individual uh, will for that on you. But again, going to the course management side, the GPS systems give you a lot more information because sometimes you might not be able to hit the lip of the bunker to find out how far it is to fly it, or you might not be able to see the bunker uh, from the tee box, maybe a blind tee shot, things that the laser just doesn't give you that the GPS can help out with. So again, I don't think there's any wrong answer there. Uh, but if you're looking at something along that runs, the lasers are convenient. Just throw some batteries and go. <clears throat> you don't have to worry about charging them up. Whereas the GPS is you need to make sure you're staying up to date, and there's just a little bit more of a handful. So, Will, I hope that helps with the question. If not, fire back at me, and I'll definitely give you a little bit more on those. So Brian's asking about club fitting, uh, and I know I've really – touched on this topic a lot but this is a pretty good one i kind of like this one so brian's going over how do you know when to quit carrying long irons and start carrying hybrids uh and brian i'd say everybody should be doing it so it doesn't matter what just figuring out what club uh i know golf digest has done some really good articles on this you can search their website and see it but based on what your club head speed and how far you hit a seven iron um, they start making recommendations if you need to look at a six hybrid, a five hybrid, a four or three as the first hybrid in the bag. Um, and I know I talked about this earlier in the year when we were doing some tenderme training, um, how Rory's hybrid came to be. They actually just built it, threw it in his bag, 
didn't expect him to hit it uh, for a demo day, and he was able to, you know, he hit some shots, and it it stayed there. Um, and you're seeing more and more of the ball strikers, the the, the bombers actually carry those as driving irons and, and things that they can hit for second shots high enough in the par fives and hold. Um, but Ryan, Brian, the really thing I see there is just, are you hitting the ball high enough with your long iron to hold the green? Um, now, as we go through all the fitting parameters and everything, we're always trying to get a ball for that's approaching the green to fall as close to a 45-degree angle, and that's just so it has a chance to, to hold the ground better. Anything lower than that's going to skip and roll over. Um, so it's really just getting into a facility that has, or getting to a facility that has uh, some type of launch monitor, whether it's a TrackMan or a flight scope or foresight, uh, who's ever, but just hitting some shots on it and be able to look at and get that data of how far is it flying and how quickly is it stopping. Um, cause it's great that you can fly four iron 190 yards, but if it rolls out to 210, it's not a useful club into a green for you cause you're constantly having to bounce it up and hope there's not a bunker or forced carry. Um, and I know a lot of the companies are doing multiple style of hybrids now. Um, I know I was working with a, a, a student the other day and we were testing Callaway at the time and they've got the Maverick, the Maverick Max, uh, and the Maverick Pro just in the Maverick line, not to mention the super hot, uh, super hybrid and the, the Apex. So again, depending on what your, your handicap level and your skill, the manufacturers are making hybrids to fit your eye um, and help with forgiveness and help you hit it higher, help you hit it further, whatever you're needing. Um, I will tell you that a four iron is the longest iron in my bag. I do carry a three hybrid, um, and then I move to a three wood and a driver. Uh, there have been years I've had a three and four hybrid in my bag, though, as a mix. So just really, again, depending on a lot of times it's the golf course. If I'm playing longer golf courses, longer par fours, and I need a little extra, I'll sneak that four hybrid in instead of the four iron, again, just so I can get a little bit more height um, and get it in there. And like I said, it depends on the condition of the greens. If you're playing a lot of Bermuda greens, uh, you definitely need, um, as it gets hotter and hotter and they get faster and faster, something coming in higher and softer. Um, if you're still playing a lot of bent style greens, there's a lot of water on them. You can actually get away with a little bit lower shot that might hold the green and might not get that run out. But Brian, the best thing to do is, like I said, get with somebody with a launch monitor, hit your irons, hit some of the hybrids against them, um, and just see what's going on. Well, everybody, I'm going to let you get to the tournament this week. Have fun watching the Charles Swab. It's going to be a great, great time to see live golf on TV again. Um, get out and play. Again, there's lots of programs kicking around. There's lots of tournaments. Uh, get out. Enjoy the weather over the next couple of days. Um, again, this is Paul Brandon with uh, Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. If you like what you hear, Rate me on iTunes. Give me some give me some feedback. Let me know what's going on. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, TuneIn. Uh, you can find us on Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, pbrandon21. Keep those comments coming in. Uh, and on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. Everybody, get out, play, have fun, and I need to go work on my short game. Have a great week, y'all.